0: Listen, honey, listen, honey.
1: Listen, honey, listen, honey. Listen, Listen, honey. honey, All right, all my honeys out there, you gotta listen up because I have a guest back on that many of you asked about when she was first on a few months ago. And so much has happened since. We have on today my my girl, Nikki Boyer. Oh, hi. Hi, babe. How are you? I love the glasses. You have this like beautiful. does this look to you during quarantine? Oh, really?
0: Oh, that's shocking because I barely put on pajamas. I took off my pajamas today, and I barely, barely put on lipstick. But that's nice to hear.
1: Thank oh, you. Beautiful, and and I and I hope that means you feel good too. I can't wait to jump into the last few months of your life because Nikki, mm-hmm. when you were on listen, Hane, a few uh, months ago. It was when you were launching your podcast, Dying for Yeah, Sat. and when we posted your story. So many of you, my fam, reached out and had so many questions about Nikki's journey with Molly because Nikki was talking about watching her friend die from cancer and all of a sudden take this wild left turn into the curiosity of relationships and sexual relationships and all these these different things that women don't usually do. She removed the intuition of it. She removed the what if about it and just basically lived her life YOLO. I think everyone has had (laughs) thought for one time what if I what if I just did it what if I just fucked it what if I just yeah. didn't think about my emotions and just went for it and the crazy part of this if you guys followed the journey and went to listen to dying for sex podcast after Nikki was on was that she did the entire interview knowing that Molly had passed by the time mm. of the interview. right so that's right that. you, you did all these interviews and You had to keep the secret that this friend you were talking about and this journey that you went with her through, she had passed by the time that you actually did the podcast.
0: I know. You know, I hadn't really thought that through, like, when I was creating this show with her. Because when we started the show, she was alive and well. And then when we finished recording, things started going downhill. And it took almost a full year after her passing to get the show to premiere. So I had been carrying this for a long time. But what I didn't want to do, Jeannie, and I'm so glad you asked this question, is I didn't want two things. I didn't want to rob the people that were getting to love her. Um, I didn't want to rob them from the opportunity of falling in love with her as an alive person. Yeah. And I wanted her to tell her story. I wanted her to say, I'm dying and this is how it's happening and this is what it feels like. So in a way, I was kind of keeping that back so that people could really experience the full version of Molly that I felt was justified. So yeah, it was hard though. It was weird. It was like this weird, like there's an elephant in the room, but I, and I'm so glad to talk to you about it now. It feels nice. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, it's so good. And, and what was it like during this podcast? What kind of feedback did you get? I mean, you basically were talking about a woman who should be fully judged for all of her actions, but she had a reason for it and she was fully authentic with what she was doing too. So what kind of reactions did you get from your audience?
0: I got a few haters. We know they're always out there, and I found that to be interesting. But I thought I would have gotten more of people that were, you know, going, How dare she leave her husband and her Christian value, blah, 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 all that stuff. Um, How dare she do that and leave him behind? But 98% of the responses were, Oh my gosh, this woman. Is amazing. She's powerful. She's reclaiming her life and her body, and it's her process, right? Like it, Sex isn't for everyone when they find out they're dying. Not everybody's going to choose sex as their bucket list, but you'll find that through the process of watching her journey, it wasn't just about the sex. It was about the what the sex led her to and the exploration that it opened up within her, but the kinks and the fetishes were resonated to us talking about death talking about sex being so open and vulnerable talking about forgiveness and friendship and love and women would be gravitating toward this but so many guys and not to make this gender specific but so many men stepped forward and reached out to me on social and was like I never would have expected this to be is moving and is beautiful. And I've learned so much from Molly's journey. I'm forever changed. And I was just, I was so excited by that.
1: Yeah, and, and we actually recorded this podcast about Molly's journey before the quarantine. So how? I know a lot of your listeners were listening to it relating to how to have connections in unconventional ways during the quarantine. Did you hear any stories about how people are handling it now? And and during the pandemic?
0: Yeah, that's, you know, right when um, Molly's final episode aired, um, the producers immediately were like, well, what about the people that are craving connection and love and, and sex during a time when we all get stuck? So we did like a second season called Living for Connection, where we interviewed people just met before the quarantine, people that were going through divorces during the quarantine, people that got engaged during the quarantine, which did you get engaged during quarantine?
1: I did get engaged during quarantine. Yes. Yay. Congratulations. Thank you. So Thank you. Me yes. too. Yes. Yay.
0: I got engaged. I was a quarantine engagement too. Yay for what? us. What? Mm, yeah,
1: we both got engaged. That's crazy. Isn't that weird? I know. Oh my I God. know. Congratulations. And, and yeah, you why, too. Why for you did the quarantine not? get in the way of it?
0: I think it, I didn't even know he was, we've been together for 10 years and I didn't even know he was doing it. So I think we, we were together morning, noon, and night for quite a while. And I think we realized, gosh, we, after 10 years and being quarantined, we really, really like each other.
1: <laughs> we should and get married. That's a real thing, that's a real yeah. thing to consider because some people don't realize how important it is. You, you don't always have to be in love. You should love the person. I think a lot of relationships can relate to just loving the person and not maybe being in love, but you got to like each other. I'd actually rather like each other than always feel like being in love. Because being in love is that mushy beginning of a relationship. And of Mm -hmm. course I want that throughout the whole duration of the relationship, but liking each other is more important. It's really big. In my opinion.
0: Yeah. So congrats. I had Yeah. So these interviews on Living for Connection were really interesting seeing how people were trying to connect sexually, emotionally. And so we got some really great stories. And then, um, and
1: one story, how were they doing it?
0: So this one guy in Brooklyn was on his balcony and he saw a woman on the rooftop across the street, sort of just dancing and doing some TikToks and being funny on her roof. And he thought, I'm going to ask her out. So he took a drone and he flew the drone over to her with his phone number taped and dropped it off and said, call me, I'd love to take you on a date. So she sees the drone, writes down his number, and they go texting back and forth. So they had social distancing dates where he would send food to her on the rooftop. He would have the same food on his balcony and they would have these sort of FaceTime social distancing dates. And then he he rented one of those body bubbles that you can be in and he rented it, put his body in the giant plastic bubble and they took a walk in their neighborhood. (laughs) No, swear to you.
1: Wait, so, so, you, so, are they still together? And did they ever? Did they ever do the horizontal mamba? <laughs> like, I don't even know who says anymore. I'm just trying to. i got this music. I'm trying to clean up my language a little bit. Let's just fly with me for a second, fam. See, I
0: want to fly with you on that one. I'm gonna steal it, and I love it. Um, I here's the funny thing: we don't know, and we're gonna. I think we're gonna do a follow up episode because everybody wants to know if they ended up ever meeting I mean if you think about it there's everyone's still sort of practicing this social distancing nobody's swap and spit right everybody's being super safe so I don't know I can't wait to reach out and find out if they oh. did the horizontal
1: mump. yes yeah I know it's just work with me here so I am <laughs> in the 40s when you try to use adult language but you're still like you're down with the homence and being thoughtful I want to ask this now mm-hmm. that that Molly has passed, what were your last words with Molly? Do you Mm. think she regretted her life at all? Do you think that she, did she, did she have any relationships that she wished she never started? Um, And and for anybody who doesn't know, please do go back to the podcast where uh, Nikki was on our show for the first time. But basically Nikki's best friend was dying of cancer and decided for her last days on earth to just do whatever she wanted with men have relationships left and right and and be open with them about it, but no strings attached. And just a lot, kind of, a lot of my fans said, think like a guy, think like a guy does to us. So, so what was, what was Molly's last days? Like, like did she say anything about how she felt?
0: Oh yeah, we, we. I mean, I was. I was at her hospital room almost every day or every other day during this time, and it was a. It was a long process of about four months of realizing she went in for a surgery, realizing she wasn't coming out, um, not being stable enough to go home, and, and realizing, oh my gosh, I'm. This is. This is where I'm going to die, and and once she accepted that, it was, it was really beautiful. Actually, she finished her book. She got her laptop out during the toughest days of her life she wrote her memoir which is out now so we can talk about that later but the book is a nice compliment to the podcast because it sort of tells you the why why she chose yeah. sex who she forgave what her relationships turned into what she gathered from that time um, it's really dark it's a deep dive into her life but it's it's it gives you more answers so when I was I was with Molly when she passed away which I mean, death happens when it happens. You never know. Even when you're in a hospital room sitting next to somebody, you never quite know when they're going to pass. But Molly kept saying to me, I want my mom in the room and I want you right next to me and I want you looking at me when I'm like taking my last breath. And I said to her, sweetie, I love you so much, but like you can't like paint a painting of your death. And she's like, yeah, I can. That's what it's going to be like. And Jeannie, I kid you not, um, we... I got sort of a mess, which is a whole other story for me to stay over on that particular night. I ended up spending the night, I fell asleep next to her and I woke up out of the blue because I felt something tapping my hand and I thought, I thought a nurse was in the room. It wasn't the nurse. Her mother was sleeping next to her. I woke up and I put my hand on her chest and the other hand I had on her head and she, right there, she took her last breath and I was, it's exactly what she
1: wanted, and I'm like, Look at you making like, you guys you're navigating. Balling? Were you bawling or were you peaceful?
0: It was so peaceful, and I was in shock. I think that something had woken me up, so I didn't know what it was. So I was in that moment of like, Who woke me up? What woke me up? and then I, I was there with her, and it was perfect, it was beautiful, it was peaceful, it was what she wanted. Um, and then when I got in the car to go home. That's when the, when it all came out. Like if I stayed with her until the coroner's come to pick, you know, death isn't pretty at the end. It's it's a you know it's it's a ugh, it's so weird. Yeah. But they kind of came to yeah they came to pick her body up and I stayed with her with her mom and her dad came and a cousin came and we were all together with her. And I know this might sound really morbid and weird, but she looked so peaceful and beautiful and she wasn't in pain anymore like her body had been freed from the pain and I was so relieved for her and to know that she was she was free from that and so yeah I left and wailed and wailed and then ever since and I've been working with her like I she's here like she's at my desk with me she's I feel her around me I'm working with her I'm doing her book I mean she's just around me and I I love her
1: What an amazing example of, of a journey in, you know, uh, through death because I, you know, I've read a lot of books like um, Tuesdays with Maury and Mm -hmm. where people talk about having seen heaven and come back, but you're having a very real life journey with all of the emotions and accepting death. Cause I think the most painful thing for us is that we don't accept it. Right. 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 We're going to die at some point. So um, and then you're able to take parts of her, like you said, that is still with you, and you put it into these amazing stories of relationships with people. I bet you healed a lot of people when you were talking to them about their own journey. You know, was Molly's story healing to anybody out there at all that was maybe lonely or?
0: Oh, that's such a good question. Yes. I had an email yesterday uh, from a gentleman who said he's had panic about death his whole life. He's gone to a therapist, he's gone to um, a hypnosis therapist. He's. To the point where he and his wife don't fly on the same flights when they're going somewhere because he's too afraid if the plane goes down, that they would both perish and leave their children. That's how terrified of death this particular gentleman was. And he emailed me and said, I have gone to the great lengths to try to handle my fear of death. And I I get emotional. I listen to episode six of your podcast every time I feel alone in those thoughts. And Molly carries me through this. And I'm much braver in my life because of her. And I'm like, oh, like, it's amazing.
1: Right? Like just so moving.
0: I know. I know.
1: It's beautiful. Okay. So we, we, my fam out here want to connect with Molly's story. Uh, tell you. us where can get her book and tell me how, what, what, what basically is about, who is the right person to pick up Molly's book at this time right now?
0: Well, I think if you're looking for like a pick-me-up, like a self-help can- get-through-cancer guide, that this is not your book, right? Like, It's not, nope, nope, nope. Um, but what it is, I think if you have listened to the podcast and you're craving answers and a deeper dive into Molly's life, this memoir is dark, it's vulnerable, it's raw, it's funny. Um, it's about forgiveness. It's about being okay with life being messy. I think if you're looking for just... the space within yourself to just allowing yourself to be a human, this is the book for you. If you're dealing with someone who has cancer, this is a book for you. If you have cancer yourself, I think this is a book for you because it allows you to peel back the layers of what's really going on inside of you. And Molly goes for it. And she inspires everybody else too. So the book is called Screw Cancer Becoming Whole, which is so her, like, you know, F this, and then also finding closure to becoming whole and learning how to really fall in love with yourself. And um, I think you guys will really like it. So if you go to dyingforsexpodcast.com, you can find the podcast and you can also find a, look, a link to the book. It just premiered on Tuesday and she's always she's already like number one on Amazon, like three different categories. And this was her dream Jeannie. Like all she wanted to do was be an author, a published author. That's all she wanted. And she wrote this bed from her she wrote this book from her hospital bed. And so I think that's pretty powerful too.
1: My daughter you know. yeah, always says that when we really examine how people go, even the most tragic of deaths, what comes from it, how it ignites lives to, to move and do things like how Molly ignited you to kind of carry out her story and in some ways, yeah. you your life, and then you enable yourself to touch other people's lives. It was on purpose the, to the very second that she passed. Yeah. It was was oh. meant to happen. That's beautiful. Oh my God. Thanks. Thank you so much for sharing her story. I Are you I, kidding? Me? Thank I, I'm, you. I'm so impressed by your strength and your loyalty. I mean, mm. if everybody could have a friend like yours, who can oh. make money in a business after dying? <laughs> who does that? Only your friends, Nikki.
0: <laughs> you know what she said to me? And this is real, the dirty, honest truth. She says, I've been watching you in this business. Struggle, go to auditions, try to make your mark, try to sell TV shows, get somebody to look at you and take you seriously. And here I am now, 45 years old, after 20 something years in this business. And she said, If you can capitalize on my story, and if my death can somehow make your life a little bit easier, then ride that wave. And I, Girl. I I was like, Molly, and she's like, I hope it's a gift. And she had no idea. She hadn't heard the podcast. She didn't know the book was going to go well. She didn't know like where the story was going to go. And so she really gave me the gift because now I have a passion project that like, you can't stop me. I'm telling the story, bitches. Like we are telling this story, like, right? Yeah. I love I, her. Oh, oh, I love
1: her. Well, thank you. So going to DyingForSex.com. You podcast. Start-
0: DyingForSexPodcast.com. Uh, yeah. I guess-
1: podcast dying mm-hmm. podcast.com you will find the podcast which you guys have to listen to you will absolutely get Molly's book because that's something I think everybody should just have a piece of. And Nikki, thank you. Like, thank you for taking this time with us. Thank you for sharing Molly's story and keeping her alive with us.
0: Thank you. And thank you for loving her because it, it, when I get to talk about her, I feel like she's with me and that I, I get a piece of her through you. So um, she would be in heaven, not to be too on the nose, <laughs> but she would be in heaven right now, knowing that you and I and everyone else were, were sharing her story. So from the bottom of my heart, Jeannie, you know how much I love you. I just think you're a
1: Thanks. just a
0: force, but Thank you for telling the story and being part of it. I really Absolutely. appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Let's keep in touch. And everybody please. Out, please do follow dying for sex podcast and please do write and review this because um, if there's more questions that you have for Nikki, please yeah. do hit me up in my DM or obviously on the reviews and we'll be, both be checking them out because we don't want to leave anybody untouched by the story.
0: Yeah. Thank you. And follow me too. I'd love to connect with you guys too. I'm at Nikki Boyer. So if you have something you want to ask me. slide in. That's so me trying to be cool. I just said slide in. That was so great. That's almost horizontal. No, don't. mm. Oh my
1: god! (laughs) And so follow Nikki. Slide in her DMs and buy Molly's book. (laughs) Thank you, Nikki. You're no, I I love you.
0: (laughs) Listen, honey. Listen, honey. Listen, honey. Listen, honey.